Well, good morning to all you tuning in and joining us on live stream. Isn't that cool? Man, we got people getting saved. We're baptizing in bathtubs. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's an exciting time for the church. And so continue to pray for that. Continue for the church to stay on fire and doing what it's called to do. Uh, again, thank you for joining in us this morning. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of you coming in and posting on our Facebook, on our website, on our live stream. So I just want you to know it is okay to write notes to each other in church. Right, so it's a great way to encourage folks. It's cool to see you guys saying hello and good morning to each other. Um, see, Teddy's with us. Rose is here. Irene is with us. Roger, good to see you guys joining us this morning. Rick's here. Lisi is here. Mandy's here. Uh, also see Rhonda. Rhonda says it's fun having my cat and kittens in the church service. Well, Rhonda, that's not allowed. So uh, you need to get rid of those cats right away. Right. <laughs> I'll get more cat lover email. This is awesome. Uh, Amy's with us. This is just so encouraging. And so I want to, again, just encourage you to encourage one another this morning with saying hi to each other and commenting. I know you guys put amen and preach it and say that. That's super encouraging to me and to us. People are responding to you. If you have a prayer need, any kind of need, anything we can do to help, you'll have people responding back this morning. And so doing something a little bit different, adding a new little element uh, to our online <clears throat> in the comment section, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions through the message and you have an opportunity to respond in the comments. And so I hope that you will respond to those questions. We can all be encouraged by your answers uh, and just kind of see what everyone's going through and how uh, this message impacts each one of us today. So it's been a great morning already. I don't know, this is an exciting day. And uh, I, I hope that, I mean, you really, you don't even need coffee. Uh, joining us in worship. If you, you should be wide awake right now. Uh, I know that you're, some of you are in your pajamas, some of you sit around the living room, some of you got up and got dressed, that's cool. You know, whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, just keep joining in, share it. Again, invite others to join with us this morning. And uh, you know, if I close my eyes, I can smell the bacon and pancakes and eggs. So I hope that you're enjoying them. Uh, I'm not, but I hope that you are. But anyway, just, uh, you know, this continues to be uh, a great challenge and a great opportunity uh, for us as the church and connecting to people, as Sam said, not just in our area, but all over the world. And so it's really cool to see who is connecting, who's following as the message is being spread all over the world through churches far and wide. So it is exciting time. I hope you're excited and prayerful and, and see that as a positive of what's going on. So obviously still going through this and, you know, some comments from the governor and different ideas and rumors and all this about rolling out what that's going to look like. So there's still some uncertainty. So we're still in the midst of this storm, but it, there is light at the end of the tunnel as we kind of see some things starting to, to lessen a little bit. Uh, and so we're dealing with all that, but I wanted to continue to encourage you. Sunday morning is always a time of encouragement as we get together. We need to be together. And so we're together separate, I guess, uh, but can still encourage each other through these things. And just wanted to go into a new sermon series called Keep Calm and Carry On. You may remember this uh, statement from several years ago that just kind of went viral. And we kind of, you know, we modified it to uh, keep calm and chive on, keep calm and Starbucks on, my favorite, keep calm and Bluebell on, right? So there's all kinds of things we added to this. But the, the whole premise is just don't panic, stay calm, and then do something positive, don't just sit there uh, and become frustrated, but do something positive, make a difference. I don't know if you realize this, but that statement actually came from the British government in 1939. 
uh, as Britain was preparing to be bombarded, World War II uh, was ramping up. And so uh, the British government realized that just in a very short amount of time, airstrikes were likely, in, enemy invasion was likely. And so they were trying to be proactive and encourage their people uh, to hang in there, to be calm and to carry on and continue on with life. And so that idea was wonderful. It, it actually didn't gain a lot of ground during the war. But after that, it was believed that only two of those posters were found because, you know, Britain was bombed and Europe was bombed and attacked. And so they believed there were only two posters until back in 2012 on your favorite show and mine, the Antique Roadshow, this lady brought in 12, 20 original posters from that whole campaign. And so back in 2012, that started to go viral. People started to see that. You saw T-shirts and posters. It gained more popularity now than it did back during the war. But I just thought it was a great statement and a great reminder for us in the church today that we can, first of all, we can stay calm. There is no reason to panic. There is no reason to be afraid. But we continue on with life. Even though life as it was before is not the same, doesn't mean that we don't carry on. You know, it's going to change how we live. This whole thing is going to change how we do church. But we will carry on. We will persevere through this experience and be changed and be different because of it. So with that in mind, I just wanted to go to one of my favorite Old Testament books, one of my favorite Bible characters, and it's Joshua. In fact, if you have your Bible, I invite you to open to Joshua, the first chapter. We see this right off the bat where Joshua is just taking over the reins from Moses you remember Moses was the great trusted leader of the Israelites that God sent as a redeemer, as a rescuer that brought them out of slavery in Egypt and brought them to the promised land. But Moses sent in 12 spies. I'm sure you remember the story. And they surveyed the land as a military thought, as trying to be proactive. What are we getting into? And if you remember, 10 out of the 12 spies came back and said, we can't do this. There's no way that we can go over and conquer this land. The people are too big. The armies are too strong. The cities are too fortified. And only Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. The Lord is on our side. He said, he's promised this. He promised to our father Abraham that we would have this land. Why would we stop now? And the people listened to the majority, which again, is not always the right thing to do. And so they decided not to go in. They disobeyed the Lord. And because of that, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation died off and a new generation had been raised up that was willing to do what God had called them to do. And their leader, since Moses was disobedient, God didn't allow him to go in the promised land. Now Joshua was their leader. Moses handed over the reins to Joshua and he was the one to take them in to the promised land. And so with chapter one, we see that God actually approaches Joshua in person to give him kind of a pregame pep talk, right? He is giving him instructions, preparing him for what he's about to face. I just think it's so appropriate today as we are facing this pandemic, some things have become normalized, but still there's so much to go, so much uncertainty still ahead of us. I think these words are appropriate for us today as we consider who we are as Christ followers in the midst of this storm that continues, right? So again, Joshua chapter one, let me just read verse six for us. This is God speaking to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So here's his job description. 
from God, this is what I've called you to do. This is what I've prepared you to do. And this is what you're going to do, right? So you can imagine Joshua, he's gotta be a little nervous. He's the new guy. Do people really trust him? They trusted Moses and Joshua has been, he was with him in Egypt. He's been with him through the wilderness and now it's his turn, but do they really trust him? Are they gonna follow him? Is this the right thing to do? So he had to have all these questions and all these concerns. And so God in his great mercy appears to him in person and says, you're going to do this. You are the leader. I just want to remind you today, if you're a Christ follower, you are a leader. You may only be leading yourself right now. You may be leading hundreds or you may be leading your business or employees or whatever. We all are influencers as Christ followers. You may be leading your neighborhood and how you respond during this time. And there's great principles here about Joshua and for us, how we are to be a leader. How do we lead in the midst of a pandemic? How do we lead and influence positively in the midst of a storm? Well, the first thing he says in verse six is keep calm and stay dependent. Joshua had to know and had to be affirmed that this is God's battle. This is God's will that he is fulfilling. It's not Joshua's, God's not relying on Joshua's strength and power to get through this he is instilling Joshua with strength and power. And so Joshua had to remain. He stayed dependent upon God. That's the truth about God's promises. They always require courage and faith. Joshua had to have a huge amount of faith to do what God called him to do. I mean, God had promised this to Abraham hundreds of years before that this day would happen. And so Joshua is the man to lead God's people into this promised land that was promised back to Abraham. And now it was his turn. And not only that, but to add difficulty to the situation, the Bible tells us that the Jordan River, which they had to cross first, which was the border of the promised land, kind of like our Red River here in Texas, they had to cross over that and it was at flood stage during this time. So it didn't make sense to try to cross a river at flood stage. You wanna wait till it's maybe a little diminished but Joshua, God said, now's the time to go. One thing you know, when God says go, you need to go. And plus Joshua is the new guy. So a lot of difficulty here, but Joshua is faithful and he goes ahead and the people follow. As you read and as you and I read and study the word of God, and, and we have time to do that a lot more maybe than normal. I hope you're reading God's promises and hope you're standing on those promises as the great hymn says, because it's important. But Sometimes God's promises seem unrealistic. It, re it requires faith to obey them and to hope in them. For example, God tells us that he has overcome the world. Sometimes it doesn't look like it as the world seems to go further and further away from God in the midst of this storm. It's like, really, God's in control of all this? It takes faith to believe this. The Bible says that the gospel we spread to all nations, that's the job of the church, that's a huge task. When it was given, it was a huge task to those disciples. It takes faith to believe in that promise. The Bible tells us that our homes, if they are centered on Christ, they will succeed. If our marriages are centered on Christ, they will succeed. Yet there's so many factors trying to tear marriages and families apart. The Bible says as parents, if we will train up our children in the way that they should go, in other words, the way that the Lord has created them and wired them, then when they're old, they won't depart from those foundations. They'll come back. Even if they stray, they'll come back to those foundations. It takes faith to believe this when our kids are small and we're raising them according to the Lord, relying on those promises from God. 
The Bible also says time and time again, we've been talking over the last few weeks. The Bible says you have nothing to fear. Do not be afraid. Well, there's plenty to choose to be fearful of today. So it takes faith to not be afraid, to hold on to this promise. In fact, you have been called by God and your calling requires courage to stay faithful and to stay true. So here's one question I have for you. What have you been depending on in your life instead of God that has now been taken away from you? What are some of the things? Maybe it was your finances. Maybe it was your bank account. Maybe it was your career. Maybe it was something you did a few years ago or in your past. Maybe it was a relationship that you went to to find security and purpose and meaning. But now a lot of those things have been taken away from us. And that's not a bad thing because anything can become a God in our life. And certainly God is calling us away from those things and removing those things that we might trust in him and have faith in him. Another question, just like Joshua, you have a calling. If you're a Christ follower, you have a ministry calling. The Holy Spirit that lives in you has given you a gift, a spiritual gift to use for the kingdom of God. What is your ministry calling? It may not be a full-time ministry, but you as a Christian have a ministry calling. What is that calling? Write those in the comments. Let us know what God has called you to do. And how are you doing those? How are you ministering according to your gifts? In fact, I think we all at this time need to consider ourselves wartime ministers. This is a battle that we're in and we are called to serve. Jesus was a great example, right? A servant leader. We lead by serving. So what are you doing now to serve and encourage others in your life? All this has to come from your relationship to God. Again, God is not calling you to be courageous on your own or because of what you've done. He has filled us with courage. He is our encouragement that we might share that courage with others and be those instruments, vehicles of encouragement to people who are really having a tough time. And again, you may have a tough day, but we don't live in this mindset, this lifestyle of discouragement. People need to know that. People need to hear that. Our courage comes from our relationship to God. And the truth is, the more that we get to know God, the more bold we can be to live this life of faith. The more you understand about God, especially in a time of crisis like this, it causes you to be more bold in your statements, more bold to approach people and ask, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, I just want you to know God loves you. Can I just share my faith story with you? Right? Can I give of what I have that you might be blessed, that you might not be in need? Man, that takes faith. Everybody's kind of hoarding stuff right now. But God has called the church to be generous, to give of what we have so that no one's in need. It takes courage. It takes faith to do this. And the truth of the matter is, Jesus didn't first and foremost call Joshua to be a military leader. Joshua was a military guy and he led military campaigns in the promised land, but his first call was to lead the people spiritually. He was to lead the people to trust in God as their ancestors had not. Now God called Joshua to be that spiritual leader. Secondly, a military leader. Again, just evidence that our understanding of where courage comes it comes from depending on God. If you go back to verse five of chapter one, God is telling Joshua to trust in him. He says, I promise you, just as I led Moses, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you and you will be successful. 
Man, what a great pep talk from God. Joshua knew there were, it didn't matter what battle he was going to face, what enemy he was going to face. He still had in the back of his mind the people that he saw when he was one of the 12 spies. That could be a little intimidating. But God was assuring him, you can do this. You will get through this. This is my plan for you. And so I will equip you and I will empower you to do all that I've called you to do. Just to remind me what the Bible says, that if God is for us, who can be against us? Certainly not some virus. Even the gates of hell will not stop the church from being the church. A, a virus is actually giving us an opportunity to be the church, to live courageous lives, to demonstrate the courage we have in God. Like Joshua, we've had this pregame pep talk from God that you are going to make it through this. We don't have to fear this pandemic. We are filled with hope and joy and courage. And if God is for us, never forget that he is for you. Never forget that he is right there with you, right? He's here with us who gather to, to live stream worship. He's right there in your home with you. He's in your neighborhood with you. He's even there with people who have not yet believed in him, inviting them to a relationship. The Holy Spirit is drawing people to himself through this storm. And I'm praying for unprecedented numbers of people coming to Christ. That may be somebody who lives next door to you. That may be someone he wants you to invite to join live stream, that they can hear the truth about Jesus. The other thing that's important to understand in this, just like Joshua, God has already prepared you to persevere and gain strength and courage through this pandemic. If you think about Joshua's life, he was there in Egypt as a slave. He was with Moses as Moses led through the wilderness. God had been preparing him for this moment. God has been preparing you for this moment. You may not even have noticed but one of the reasons you are enduring and persevering during this time, still filled with hope and joy, is because, because God prepared you to deal with this pandemic. This thing didn't surprise God, although it surprised most of the world. God knew it, and he prepared us. He prepared his church for a time like this. So it's a time to rejoice. God has already prepared you, and God's prepared you for what's ahead of us. So we don't have any, anything to fear. We are ready. In fact, here's another question for you to respond to. How has God shown himself? How has God shown you during this pandemic that he is for you? What are some, maybe some big ways, maybe some little ways. We have story after story after story from our church of just God things that have happened here just for our church to be able to continue to minister. I know he's doing it in your life. Share some of those in the comments so we can rejoice with you so we can all be encouraged by what God is doing in your life to help you. Then look at verse seven and eight. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So here's a promise with instruction. Keep the law. Now, God is not telling Joshua just to read the law and to know the law. He's telling him to internalize the law, meditate on the law. This be strong and courageous, if you remember your English class, this is an emphatic imperative. In other words, it is a command. It is a strong command. It's not a wish. It's not an option. It's not a multiple choice. God is commanding Joshua to be strong and courageous. 
God is commanding you and me during this time to be strong and courageous. Yeah, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad moment. But we live on a foundation of strength and courage because of our relationship with God, because you belong to him and he has not forsaken or abandoned us. In that, we find strength and courage. You can do this. Ultimately, we will get through this and things will be better. Our lives will be strengthened because of this and it takes faith to hold on. So the key for Joshua was to know the law, to read the law, but to internalize the law, meditate on it. I hope you know that this Bible is not just a book for Sunday. This book applies to everyday life. This book is a life instruction of how we live and how we relate to God and to one another. Actually, the Hebrew word here means to mutter. It was very common for the Hebrews when they would read the law to read it out loud. They would talk about it with one another. They would debate and discuss the law together out loud. I want to challenge you today. As you read scripture, read it out loud. It helps to hear it through your ears as well as meditate it with your mind. Right? So there's your strength in the word of God. We find strength in the word of God. So if you and I want to be successful... If we want to be successful through the storm, it is vital that we internalize the word of God and memorize it. So here's another question that you can comment in the comment section on Facebook or on our website. What is your favorite Bible verse that you've memorized? You may have forgotten the address or where it's found, but you still know the words. Just write those right now. Just what automatically comes to your mind when you think about Bible verses that you've memorized? John 3, 16, Jesus wept. I know those are easy ones. Go a little bit deeper than that, but tell us some of the ones that we might be encouraged by the word of God today. What are the ones that you've hidden in your heart? Again, God spoke directly to Joshua. Did you know God still speaks directly to you? He speaks through his word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. He speaks through other people who speak life and words of wisdom of God to us. He speaks through our circumstances that he is here. That's the cool thing about this story. God spoke directly to Joshua as God speaks directly to us through whatever means he chooses. And the key for Joshua is the same key for us that he obeys what God said to him. As God speaks to you through these different methods, obey what God is saying to you. That's the key to know it, to meditate on it, to internalize it, and then to be obedient. You don't have to share this in your comments, but is there an area of your life, honestly, that you have not been obedient in? Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your relationship with your children. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe it's with your attitude. Is there an area of your life where you've been disobedient? I want you to understand something. Just like Joshua, God's first call for you is back to himself. As he's calling the church back to himself through this pandemic, he is calling you back to himself to get rid of all the gods in your life to be honest about any area of disobedience, to be real about those areas where you are failing and to trust him to give you success. We fight our own battle against sin in addition to this virus we're fighting, but God's call for you and for me is to himself. That's where we find strength and courage. That's where we find the strength and the courage to be obedient because it's tough to obey God. It's not human nature. It takes the power and the will of God to be obedient. For husbands, when he says we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church, that's not natural for us. But his promise is if we will be obedient and do that, we will find success 
in our marriage. Children, the Bible says that we are to obey our parents. That's not always easy to do. But if we're faithful and obedient in those areas, we have the promise of long life. God's promises always bring a reward. They always bring strength. The Bible says we're to encourage one another. Hey, it's hard to be encouraging when things are so discouraging. But it takes faith and courage to be an encouragement to one another, to reach out, to lift one another up, to put another's concerns before my own. But that's what God's called us to do, and that's where we find success. This is also a message for the church. I like to describe the church as a battleship, not a cruise ship. We are here, we are in a battle. We're not here just to kind of be complacent and be comfortable. We are in a battle, and I'm so excited to see how our church and other churches are stepping up and fighting in this battle because God is using us to do what he created us to do, share the message of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Imagine if we didn't have the internet during this time, how hard it would be to communicate, how limited we would be. But now the world is at our fingertips. We can share the message of Christ and we're pushing this like never before. Obedience to Christ and to his word keeps us from pursuing our own personal agendas in the church. We're trying to do church the way we think it ought to be or viewing church the way we think it should be or getting upset about the church when it's not the way we think it should be. It's God's will. It's God's agenda, not ours. Our focus is the preeminence of the gospel. It is Jesus who rescues. It is Jesus who saves. It is the power of the gospel that lives within us that changes the world. And we have an opportunity like never before. So Jesus has to be at the center of everything we do as a church, as individual Christ followers. Everything is pointing people and drawing people to Jesus. We are not going to do that if you're not walking with him. So this is the time to repent and confess and be honest before God and get things right. But also be warned that being obedient to Christ will lead us into different dangers and difficulties. Joshua, his obedience to God led him into battle. That's going to happen. But he's equipped us, empowered us, and his presence is with us. Look at verse 9. He encourages him again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, this is a command. So this is a command to us as Christians. Don't be afraid of this. Don't live in fear. He is with us. There is no need to become fearful. God is fighting this battle for us. He is right here with us. Stay calm, keep calm and stay encouraged. God's obedience always comes with a promise of his presence. I mean, let's face it, there's always going to be circumstances. There's always going to be people and situations that can discourage us. That word discourage means to rob us of courage. Don't let these things rob you of the courage God has given you through his power. This is a choice. You can choose not to be discouraged. Again, there are going to be things that discourage us, catch us off guard, much like this pandemic has done, but we don't live in that. We don't dwell in discouragement because we know that God has overcome the world. We can determine not to be discouraged. Again, this is a command of God to us. So real quickly, I'll give you four ways to fight discouragement, which some of us are battling right now. The first one is, remember how much God loves you. Write it out, how much God loves you. Look at scripture, write out the promises of God, reminding us of how much he loves us. Secondly, be real about how you're doing. 
If you're having a bad moment, be honest about it and get help. Talk to somebody, get it off your chest, reach out to someone. If you have a need, if you're struggling, if you're afraid of, of because you've lost your job, you have financial concerns, reach out to us. Let us help. Cry out to somebody. Say, I'm, just, I'm having a bad day. I'm really discouraged today. I didn't want to get out of bed today. Be honest about it and let somebody encourage you. The third thing is take the focus off of yourself. It's so easy in times of crisis and discouragement to throw a pity party, right? Just, oh, woe is me, poor me. But the thing about it is right now, everybody could do that across the planet. If we chose to, we could all throw a pity party for ourselves. But that's putting the focus on us, not on God. Put the focus on other people. See that God has given you strength and courage to be an encouragement to those who may be in a pity party right now, who may be discouraged right now. By doing that, you'll be encouraged. And the fourth thing is know your limits. Hey, I'm not, this is not a strong area of mine. I'm not, I don't deal with these kind of situations very well. Be honest about that. Know your boundaries, but get help. Again, you don't, we talk about social distancing. It's more of a personal distancing. You don't have to isolate yourself from other people, maybe not in a physical presence, but you can reach out and be honest. Because this third command to be strong and courageous, it actually recognizes our human frailty. It recognizes that we are weak. God knows that we're weak, but it's in our weakness that he is made strong. It's in our weakness that we see the evidence of his strength and power. I mean, think about Joshua. This task seemed impossible. The people that were going to be the Israelite army, they were children of slaves, slaves that had come out of Egypt. They were not fighters. They were servants. They knew how to make bricks. You can't do a whole lot of but with bricks in a war, right? But Joshua was strengthened. He wasn't afraid of this. He wasn't afraid of lack of weapons or ability because he trusted in God. The divine will, the presence of God trumps every human fear that we have. And to be reminded of that presence is important. Divine will overcomes human fear. And so it's possible for us because of that to admonish one another, to encourage one another, to live as people of hope, to live as people of courage. In fact, here's another question for you to respond in the comments. Share a miracle that God has performed in your past. Think about a time, maybe in a crisis where God just showed himself big maybe performed a miracle in your life, just reminded you in a big way or maybe a small way of his presence. Share those stories with us so we might be encouraged by them just to remind ourselves that the same God that did that for us is the God that's working right now and the God that's got our future under his control. So I hope we keep that mindset as we go into the future that whatever God calls us to do, we can do. That God is with us, that God is for us, and through this storm, though it doesn't always look like it, we are gaining courage and gaining strength because there will be more storms in our future, but we will face those storms differently because we went through this one. And by that, we can be encouraged. Hey, these are unprecedented times. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. We speculate about what's going to happen in the next few weeks, but nobody truly knows except God. <laughs> he does know, and he's prepared you for what's in front in fact, you are a leader as a Christ follower. And leaders is one of the things we say here. Leaders enter the danger without fear. Joshua entered the danger. Walking into the promised land was not a piece of cake, but he did it and he influenced people. 
And this is when we need to lead one another, encourage one another, love one another, protect one another, that we might have the courage to face what is in front of us, and especially as the church. This is an unprecedented time for the church that God has left us in a place where we are not comfortable, we are not familiar, but that is a good thing because it makes us rely on him, which is what we should be doing all along. And because of that, we have courage to be the church that he's called us to be, to encourage others, to point people to Christ. In fact, you may be watching this live stream and you don't know Christ personally. Maybe you've heard about him, read stories about him. Maybe you've been to church before, but you've never given God control of your life. I wanna challenge you today, especially if you're discouraged, you're concerned, you're fearful, the only way you're going to get out of that is through God in a relationship with God. And so I would challenge you today just to cry out to God, God, hey, I, I'm afraid. I'm concerned. I don't know how we're going to make it. I need you to rescue me. Today, I give you control of my life. I ask you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. To say today, I turn from following my own ways and today I choose to follow Jesus. The Bible says another promise if we ask God to take control of our lives, he will. If we invite him in, he will come in. If you did that this morning or prayed something like that prayer, let us know. Let us know in the comment section. Send us a text or an email. Or if you're not in our area, find another church and let them know what you've done. You need some help now on this new faith journey that you started right now. We're here to help. A church in your area will be there to help you as well. But let us know. We can connect you or we can encourage you. There are next steps you need to take. And so here's the challenge I have. Rather than focusing on ourselves, let's think of 10 people today that we can encourage. Maybe it's to put a card in the mail. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a FaceTime call. Maybe it's a, something in their yard or sidewalk chalk. I, I don't know. Just be creative. But think of 10 people that you can encourage right now, today, and then do it. And I promise you, by doing that, you'll be encouraged. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you give us courage. You give us strength. Through your presence, we are never alone. And during this time of separation and isolation, it's easy to feel all alone. But we're not. That's the truth. And help us to obey your command to be strong and courageous not to be fearful, not to be discouraged, but to choose today to be filled with courage that comes from you. Give us the courage to share the message of hope, the message of Jesus to those around us and to the ends of the earth. And may we be servant leaders today and not focus on our own self and our own difficulties, but to encourage others. But God, also, if we are struggling, if we're struggling financially, emotionally, spiritually, give us the courage to reach out, to be honest, to be real and say, I just need help. We're not going to condemn one another. We're not going to judge one another. We're all in this. But what a great opportunity for us, your children, to remind one another and the world that you are a God of hope and you are a God of presence. And for that, we are grateful. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.